Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning. Welcome to all of you out there in Radio Land. It's Father Mike Malloy from Rapid City, South Dakota. We are coming to you from the Mustard Seed in downtown Rapid City, a wonderful place to stop and shop for all your religious goods. And I'm here with my co-host, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Karen Gibis, and I'm the Listener Relationships Coordinator here in the Black Hills area. Good to have you with me today, Karen. And we uh, have a wonderful show lined up, a fantastic show. We have in-studio uh, guests. We have guests from on, on the phone and throughout our listening area. So this is a wonderful opportunity for us to deepen and grow in our faith and understanding of what it is that we believe and what it is that we want to, how we want to live our lives. Well, let's begin our, our gathering or our time together this morning with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and merciful God, you are present to us in so many ways. Today you invite us to listen to you, to come to you through the words and the experience we'll have listening to this radio show. Bless us, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds to hear and to understand. Lead us in the way that you would lead us this day so that we can truly give you honor and praise. Lord, we ask this in the name of your Son and the power of your Spirit, one God living and reigning forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a beautiful day today, finally. Um, I I say finally because we've had quite a bit of rain, and we are always grateful for the rain, but um, we're especially grateful right now because <laughs> we've had a lot of it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but it's it's uh, we're we're wonder- the sunshine is beautiful today and we're expecting a gorgeous day here in Rapid City um, uh, we spent last evening together Karen and I were together we had a wonderful event didn't we yeah we did I hosted a picnic for some people here and it was a great time we had a lot of laughs and I heard you were telling stories on yourself I was I was telling a couple of stories I, I'm not good with fire that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'm um uh, probably better said I'm not real um well, uh, it's just um I don't think through things very clearly when it comes to fire. And so that was uh yeah, it was interesting, but we'll save that story for another day, <laughs> another time. So um yes, it was interesting, but it was a great uh, picnic. It was wonderful to get together with the people, the few people that support Real Presence Radio. I had a, I loved visiting with your kids. It was nice. Your oldest son was a, a delight. And, uh, and well, uh, technically, he's the one that tattled on you about the oh yeah the fire stories. I, 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 well, it wasn't a tattle because I told everybody. I thought yeah. maybe your dad would tell me because because I was we were sharing stories. He told shared the story about <coughs> the fire experience he had too. Oh, so yeah. yeah, oh, and there's plenty. Great. We could write a book on that. <laughs> so anyway, it was it was yeah it was a great evening to be together and and uh, the, we had the people some of the people that work locally with Real Presence Radio um, in various capacities and we had a couple of the the, the big shots yeah from um, yeah. from uh, Fargo here with us so that we had to behave ourselves but well, I didn't really so I, <laughs> I know but I had to yeah so yeah so even it was a good night it was a very good night so uh, it's been wonderful and the other event that ha- was part of our life has been a part of our life here in the Diocese of Rapid City is our bishops departing 
As a matter of fact, um, today's his last day in the diocese. Tomorrow he leaves, um, gets, uh, packs up his pickup and drives to Saginaw, Michigan to become their bishop next Friday, a week from today. And so that's kind of a, a sadness and uh, and yet a, a, we're, we're hopeful for him and hopeful for ourselves because God has blessed us with wonderful bishops. And uh, Bishop Gruce was a wonderful bishop. And as we bid farewell to him, we know he'll do good work in Saginaw. And um, for some reason, as he has often said, um, God must want him there. Right. <clears throat> so we trust that, and we trust that God will give us the person that we need. So. Well, and he has been such a blessing to the radio station. Yes, he has. Yes. Um, Bishop, the reason we're sitting here talking right now, right now mm-hmm. is because of Bishop Bruce and his vision of having a radio station and, and his enthusiasm and support of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, he's, he's been a great blessing for us in that regard. So. Yeah. And the other thing that we want to mention, once again, that we're at, at the Mustard Seed uh, Bookstore and g- Gift Store here in downtown Rapid City on St. Joe Street. It's a, a wonderful place to stop and shop if you're looking for, for uh, they have a huge variety of books. Uh, they have a lot of religious articles, medals, and and uh, other kinds of knickknacks and doodads and things to set around to remind us that we truly are Catholic and, and we truly love and our Lord and uh, our Blessed Mother. And uh, so they have a lot of wonderful things. So if you're in the area... Um, or if you're you know, listening from Rapid City, please remember the mustard seed when you come into Rapid City to do your shopping and your activities. Well, and so. Marcia and Angela are just <clears throat> amazing. They'll, yes. They'll help you find anything you need. Actually, that's very true. And not only them, but their whole staff. Because yeah. I've come in several times and said, do you have this book or that book? And they're, they go right over and look for it. And if they can't find it, they say we can order it. And you can order a book and get it in a matter of days. You know, <clears throat> a lot of people shop online because it's easier. And I'm thinking, well, you know, it's so much nicer to come down down here and to interact with the, with the employees and it's it takes about the same amount of time as it would take if you get got a book online so it's a it's a great opportunity for us to do this so um <clears throat> anyway it is great to be here and we are we have um with the uh growth of real presence um live uh, to five days a week we have a couple of new segments karen tell us about this first one we're going to be engaged in well as we begin today's show we have our new inspired sharing your journey segment we are all on a spiritual journey one that probably has many ups and downs hills and valleys and each journey is unique but one thing that is true of all of our journeys is that we have a short a story to share it's a story of the lord's goodness and how the we must how we may face many struggles and suffer along the way he has promised to remain with us always providing everything we need to continue forward on our path to holiness. In this segment, um, this new segment that we're starting, um, we uh, visit with people who share their story with us. Um, and that's something that those of you listening can do, too. If you have a story that you would like to share, something that you think might inspire other listeners, you'd be invi- welcomed and encouraged to call to, prov- um, to provide that information to Brandon Clark at 877-795-0122, 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, so that we could figure out a time and a, and, a, and one of the days of the week to have you in, on this segment. And this morning, we're blessed to have with us Doug and Sandy Stuckel, who come to us actually from quite far away. They mm-hmm. come to us from four hours away, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Doug and Sandy, it's good to have you here. Yes, we're it's blessed to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to Thank have you. you. Um, so. Uh, Let's start with um, your story. Um, first of all, both of you were raised Catholic, correct? No? No. 
No, that, okay. I was raised Catholic. Okay. Yeah, I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, my parents were, uh, my mom was a Baptist when she was growing up. Uh, my dad was a Catholic. When they got married, they both became Catholic. Um, they raised uh, seven of us kids Catholic. Okay. And uh, uh, that was the beginning of my journey. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Sandy? And I was raised Lutheran. So going to church typically every Sunday, mealtime prayers, um, and my mom was raised Baptist, my dad was Lutheran, so that's why I I was baptized into the Lutheran faith then. And actually, we were married in the Catholic Church, but I still remained Lutheran in name until about five years into our marriage, and then I converted and became Catholic as well. Um, so, <clears throat> tell us about living out that Catholic faith. You went through five years of not, you know, you weren't Catholic and you were Doug. Um, so tell us a little bit about that time, how you lived your faith, and then what happened after, Sandy, after you converted. You know, um, we were, uh, you know, I had uh, I had grown up um, going to Mass on Sundays, going to CCD, um a few times a year praying a rosary growing up in the 70s. Um, didn't really see, we had Bibles in the house. We I did not ever see anybody really reading the, reading Scripture. Um, used our missalettes at Mass. Um, so when we, that's what I knew when we got married was uh, to go to Mass on Sundays. When we started to have children to uh, take our kids to CCD, we didn't particularly have... Uh, uh, I did not open the word at that time um, of our marriage, the first quite a few years of our marriage, more or less uh, uh, professed my faith, but didn't possess my faith yet at that time. Mm. Uh, baptized the kids, uh, dropped them off at CCD, um, and uh, you know went through the motions, more or less, of being Catholic, but did not at that time for quite a few of the first years of our marriage, I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. Right. We thought we were doing what we were supposed to do, going to Mass on Sundays, and we kind of thought that was the extent of it. We were being a good Catholic, going to Mass every Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and there was a point in your life, uh, in your journey, uh, where you felt drawn to leave the Catholic Church. Sandy, tell us about that, what happened there. Okay. It was back in 2003. I was having one of those milestone birthdays. And I'm not going to mention which one. Her 15th, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 must have been, must have been. Anyway, I was at one of the, an event with some of our children, and they were at a practice. And anyway, a friend of mine came up to me. She was a fellow Catholic at that time and said, hey, I'm going to this Bible study with these ladies. Would you like to join us? And I was like, oh, wow, a Bible study. That sounds like fun. And I was like, okay, so what what should I bring? She said, well, bring your Bible. So I go home. I, I'm tearing the house apart trying to find our Bible, our one Bible <laughs> that we had on our house. I don't think I even found it, to be honest with you. Anyway, so I started going to this Bible study, and it was with a group of Protestant women. And they opened the Word, and they shared Jesus with me in a way that I had never experienced before. They talked about a Jesus that they had a personal relationship with, and I was like, hmm, I was a little confused. I was like, I'd never 
heard about having a personal relationship with Jesus before. And they just had such a warmness and invitation. And I just felt something I had never felt before. And I wanted to know more about this Jesus. And so we were having these weekly Bible um, study groups, us women. And this was throughout the summer. And we decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we invited our husbands and we could, you know, come together as couples and and learn about Jesus. So we decided, okay, we're going to start this couples Bible study. So I went home and I asked Doug if he would like to come to this couples Bible study with me. And what did you say, honey? I was too busy. No <laughs> way. Yeah. Being grown up as a rancher and... Uh, I didn't know anything about Bible study. I had not been raised around any Bible studies. Um, I just uh, pushed it to the side and uh, just told her I was way too busy to do that. Uh, the first one that she went to... Um, and I he didn't I, think I would go without him because we did everything pretty much together. I was pretty proud of myself that, uh, you know, in the life that I was leading, I did not go. I was, uh, I think you maybe went to two of them without me. Uh, at least the first one, I felt shame that my wife went to a couple's Bible study without me. <laughs> so I was shamed into going into the, into joining that study, which, thank the Lord. Yeah. Um, if you just joined us, you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're talking to Doug and Sandy Stuckel. From, um, they're from, uh, uh, is it? Gregory. Gregory. I was going to say, I was gonna mm-hmm. say Burke, Gregory. Um, and uh, we're talking about their journey of faith. And we're talking about the uh, the uh, initial attraction you felt to leave the Catholic Church. So go a little bit deeper into the struggle of, you know, trying to figure out, do I stay Catholic? Do I become Protestant? What was going on there? Doug, why don't you start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, you know, we, in going to that study, we both learned that, uh, uh, about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and we both fed, fell head over heels in love with Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit just started to convict us. The ball was rolling downhill fast, um, or uphill, let's say. Um, we were being convicted just uh, right and left to uh, to do uh, to, to do delve more deeply into our faith. Um, we were uh, we went to a uh, we were hanging out with these Protestants. The, our church, some of the church members saw that we were doing this, so they initiated and invited us to a uh, Catholic Bible study, one of like the first ones that we had ever had uh, at that point in time in our parish. Um, we went, I'll let Sandy take it from there. Yeah, so we went to this study that, yes, I think they were nervous that we were going to leave the church because this other couple had already left the Catholic Church, joined this other Protestant church, and I think they thought we were going to as well. So we went to the study, and I'm not sure what exactly happened, but it it pushed me away, and I was like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And we went out, so we were in the chapel, we went out into the main area of the church, and the light up by Jesus was no longer lit, and I said, see, Jesus has left this building. Let's go over there. So, scared me to death. Um, okay. My wife and I were walking out of the Catholic church that I'd grown up in, and she said, "I'm never coming back here." Mm. So, I uh, it scared me to death. 
Um, I had to put my big boy pants on, <laughs> my daddy leadership pants, my husband pants, and uh, I sat down and for the next few months, um, I, I, I just tore everything apart. Um, as far as I opened every every book, um, things the Holy Spirit was just leading me. God was just uh, one day I, I wanted to learn about the communion of the saints, so I opened uh, I bought Catholicism for dummies. So I opened that up. Uh, I go to the page. I I look in the index for communion of saints. So I sit down at the counter. Um, I go to communion of the saints. I, I th I'll watch EWTN while I'm doing this. So I grab the remote. I'm sitting there at the counter. I hit the hit EWTN. There's a mission on. The first words out of the priest's mouth that was doing the mission, he said, and now we're going to learn about the communion of the saints. <laughs> that is exactly what wow. God, how God led me okay. day after day after day. Um, this is great. I, I hate to stop this, but we have to go into a break. And so you hang on because we're going to come back and listen to the rest of this story. Um, when we come back, we'll talk to Doug and Sandy Stuckel about their continuing journey of faith. Um, if you, um, after that, we'll have questions about faith or anything about the world around us. Um, you know, then maybe you can try to stump the priest. I guess that's me. Um, <laughs> so that'll be straight talk coming up. <clears throat> excuse me, in just a few minutes. As soon as we come back from, and you're listening to Real Presence Live. Take care. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it during the week at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference is for business owners, managers, and those that seek to integrate their faith into the workplace. This year's conference features world-renowned speakers that will help you take faith principles and turn them into business practices. Learn how to take your Sunday into Monday on Thursday, August 8th at the Ramcota Hotel in Sioux Falls from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information and tickets, go to faithandbusinessconference.com. 
Real Presence Live is now coming to you five days a week, bringing you new hosts, new locations, and brand new segments, including Heart of Your Legacy, where, as the name suggests, we get at the heart of giving and how you can leave a lasting legacy, and Honor Our Fathers, where you send us the names of your favorite priests, and we offer special recognition and a dozen donuts to one each week. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live, weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Inspired. Sharing your journey. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Um, we are visiting with Doug and Sandy Stuckel, and we left. Uh, it was, this was like a great novel. You know, we, we left right at the point where, where um, Doug has had this great encounter with um, the Lord through his own desire and searching, and um, through a, a show on EWTN. Um, the communion of the saints obviously was very present in all of that. So, uh, so what happened after that? Oh, the Lord just kept leading me. Uh, I, it was unbelievable. Um, I devoured books, uh, read scripture. We were still going to this Protestant Bible study. Um, we had went to the uh, one night of the Catholic study. But um, I had committed myself to saying that we were not, I was going to figure out what the heck was going on. I was the leader of my family. I'm going to figure I told Sandy, I said, I'm going to figure out what's going on, and we're going to go from there. Because it scared me that uh, the house of cards was falling apart. Um, so, you know, the, the Lord just started leading me and he started leading Sandy and, and we had this conversion experience, both of us at the same time, side by side. He was, he just led both of us and the Holy Spirit was convicting both of us. Um, decided, of course, to stay in the Catholic Church. We just kept opening, I opened more boxes, learned about the Pope, Mary, one box after another, um, Decided to stay in the church, stayed in the Protestant Bible study for a time, had some uh, uh, chances for uh, um, uh, evangelization with them. Uh, not evangelization, but no. to, had chances to, and, sure. you know, to, to share our, our Catholic faith with them. And then finally that kind of went by the wayside. Um, and we, you know, it, it got so, so crazy that... Uh, I remember one specific day we were driving home from something in town, Sandy and I in the front seat of the car, three little kids in the back, or medium age, uh, like tweens or something. <laughs> um, three kids in the back, our daughter, two sons and a daughter. Daughter sitting in the middle of the back seat. Um, I said something, uh, all of a sudden we were talking, and I rattled off a Bible verse that I had memorized, and my daughter in the back just said, Dad, is that really you? <laughs> That's how intense this this conversion experience was. These, I mean, and we were so blessed that God led us side by side in this conversion experience, both of us at the same time, Sandy and I. Yeah, yeah. so talk a little bit about all that from your vantage point, Sandy. You know, and it was like the scales fell off of our eyes in the Catholic Church then. You know, like Doug said, he was opening all these boxes. And, and there was a time where I was leaving to go to work in the morning, and Doug was in the Word or 
researching something, I'd come home and he was still like, I'm like, are you going to go to work? Or are you just going to do this all day? <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord that he did. And he just dug into it and, and found the truth and the scales fell off of our eyes. And, and there was, we were sitting in mass one day and, and during the homily, Father, it was Father Ray Dyche, and he was talking about having this personal personal relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, what? You know, we had never heard this before. And I went and asked somebody, somebody else in the in the parish. I said, is Father changing his homilies all of a sudden? He's saying things I've never heard before. And she was like, no. And so it was it was literally like the scales fell off of our eyes. And we were hearing about this personal relationship we're supposed to have with Jesus right there in our church. But we hadn't heard that before. You know, it was just amazing. That's a wonderful, wonderful awareness that sometimes things are being said, but you don't hear them. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's a two-way street. It's, it's, the, it's the, the speaking and the listening. Mm-hmm. It's very wonderful. So um, one of the things that you guys have done very recently, uh, relatively recently in terms of your own faith journey, is to engineer this interesting, interesting experience around the summit, which is a, a, a yearly gathering in the Diocese of Rapid City, that came out of the stewardship initiative of our diocese. And the summit is an opportunity to bring people together to grow and deepen in their faith. So tell us about what happened in, with that experience and you guys and Gregory. Oh, we, we, you know, the, it was all Holy Spirit again. The Holy Spirit just uh, lit a flame uh, in our parish. Um, there was a, probably a core team of us that uh, got excited about it. Um, when we understood that the, uh, we had been to the summit quite a few times, Sandy and I had, and then when we had, uh, when the bishop said that, our shepherd said that he would like to have all of his sheep at the summit, not just the leadership of the parish, um, the Holy Spirit just lit a flame in our hearts that we built this core team, um, probably eight, six, eight, ten people that uh, were on fire for, for Jesus, and uh, it was just an explosion of uh, of fun and joy, and and uh, um, Sandy can talk a little bit about how we did that. But. Right, Shauna Hansen came down and did the training, and yeah, like Doug said, we just had an amazing team that the Holy Spirit brought together, and we we put together like a Google Docs. We looked at our parish, put together a Google Doc, listed everybody that was in our parish, and and just prayed about who we were supposed to speak to. And so we had this this Google Doc that people were going into, and I talked to them today, I talked to them today. And they said no, but, you know, then it got to be a game. Okay, who cares? Let's see how many no's we can get from people too, you know. But it was, you know, just the whole aspect of the summit with it being so inviting to families. That was one thing I think that was really helpful from our parish, you know, we were like, you know, you want to encounter Jesus and just spend some time with him and let your kids go and have fun and learn about Jesus with their group. You and your your husband can just come and learn more about Christ and encounter him and be there with our bishop. Mm, yeah. Wonderful. And so you ended up bringing, you said, a bus load. Yeah. Uh, Actually, two. Yeah, two buses. Two buses. So we're talking... Yeah. 
hundred people. We had a, yeah, we had ninety seven, I think, from Gregory alone, in in our parish, and then we had uh, some from the Burke Parish and Bonesteel Fairfax Parish, and some from Winter as well. Yeah, some from Winter. Um, but yeah, the I remember the bus thing. All of a sudden, Sandy or I, I, I don't know who came up with the bus idea, but uh, it's like we've got enough people. Let's get a bus. We can build if we can get people from Gregory to get on a bus early in the morning, build community all the way out of you've got a captive audience. We right. can we can build so much community. So we sold that. We did some uh, uh, PowerPoint presentation at Mass. We played another played the bishop's video at Mass. Uh, did some witness talks at Mass, pumping up the summit. And uh, pretty soon it was just like, whoa, we got one bus full. Can we get another one? Call over, we get another bus lined up. So we just kept calling people. The family aspect of it and the community building aspect, the healing mass, mm, it just wonderful. all fell into place. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, and it's a testament to the fact that you don't have to be, um, you know, uh, some kind of brilliant person. You don't have to be some kind of holy roller. You can be an ordinary person in the pew who has this love for Jesus in your heart, and you can make a difference in other people's lives. So it, this is a great story. It's very inspirational. We thank you very much for coming and being here with us and sharing the story, and we hope to have you back again, you know, whenever, um, to continue the story, continue the journey, and see where the Lord is leading you in your life. So thanks very much for being with us. It's been great, Doug and Sandy. We appreciate it. Thank God you, bless Father. you. you thank bet. you, Father. Safe travels getting ready, f- and, and you're moving here to get ready for the next summit, right? Yes. That's yeah. right. For sure. right. We can't wait. <laughs> Great. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. What's that sound? I think it means it's time for them to try to stump you. Oh, you think so, huh? Well, okay. <laughs> I don't, do you think they can? Um, I, I think it's very possible, but I'd like to see if they want. I'd like to see them try, you okay. know? I mean, I, I think it's possible. It's possible always because nobody knows everything there's about know about faith. And one of the great things about straight talk is it gives people a chance to dialogue and have an, a, you know, to have a discussion about what it is that we believe and talk about. So yeah, I think it's probably possible. So um, we're ready for the phone calls. And the phone calls come from, if you want to call in, if you have a question, a concern, if you have a problem, if you have something that's been bugging you forever, um, something that maybe Doug and Sandy talked about or something else that you would like to know about, maybe something you heard that's coming up uh, on our program, other programs, whatever it is, whatever the thought, the concern, um, get on the phone and call 877-795-0122. And you can offer us a question or a comment. You can also um, uh, go to Facebook. Um, we would love to hear you f- from you there or your uh, Real Presence app. So there's all kinds of opportunities and ways for you to do that. So this is the time for you to let us know what's on your mind and in your heart so we have a little dialogue and discussion. So um, 877-795-0122 is the number. Well, Father, uh, I... Now, you were mentioning that this is Bishop Gruce's last day here. And, yeah. And, you know, we've had a lot of great years with him. He's been such a wonderful shepherd to this diocese and, and humble, a humble shepherd. Yes. And so, I don't know. Did you know that they had Bishop Robert Gruce Day on Wednesday? Well, I, I did because I'm, I work at the Chancery and I knew that we had we wanted to do that. We had, we had contacted the governor. We thought that... Um, it would be a way of honoring him. And, you know, I think the governor makes these kinds of proclamations, as I understand it, when, when there's somebody in South Dakota that has done something that's noteworthy, that's it's worth paying attention to, 
And so the proclamation and the declaration of a given day in honor of someone is simply a way of saying, recognizing what it is they've done. And so we asked the governor if she would be willing to do that, and she did, uh, graciously. Uh, we asked her if she could come. And, of course, I, I, I didn't really think that was going to be possible because I know she's a very busy person. But um, we asked her to, if she would please put together a proclamation, and she asked us what kinds of things did he has, has he done or did he do. And so we shared with her some of the good things he's done, and, and out of that came the proclamation and the declaration of December or July 17th as Bishop Groose Day. So it was... Uh, it was it was pretty wonderful. Yeah, great experience. So how did you celebrate it? What did you guys do? Have a big party? Well, we have had um, this whole week uh, past. We've had the bishop had a mass and a and an opportunity to say goodbye to the priests and deacons of the diocese on on uh, that was on a Tuesday. Um, excuse me, Monday. On on Tuesday we had um, we invited the whole diocese to come and we had about oh I think about maybe 300 people at mass. Um, it could have been a few more, I'm not sure, but we had about 300 people at Mass, and then we had a reception after that. And then on um, on uh, uh, yesterday, um, he had we had an opportunity to, to uh, visit with him as a staff, and we had a Mass, another Mass of Thanksgiving, and so we've been celebrating really all week, if you will, and it's been it's been it's been a, a great opportunity to really honor him. And as he said, it's an opportunity for him to say goodbye to us, and he said some some amazing and beautiful things um, to us about how he has grown as a bishop. You mentioned his humility. It was very evident how he's grown in his uh, becoming a bishop and his gratitude to us for how we've helped him with that. And so it was really, it was really wonderful. Uh, well, I am, um, it's kind of amazing how much a bishop can change your life and impact you and just really move your faith in the right direction. So, it uh, looks like we have a listener question. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, so we have Laurie from Sturgis, and she's asking, could you explain the difference between sacraments and sacramentals? That's a great question, Laurie. I uh, appreciate you calling in and, and being interested in that. The, the, in the Catholic Church, there are sacraments. There are seven of those, and the sacraments are um, rituals that we engage in that... Um, we have this promise from from God that He will work within the sacraments. He doesn't have to work within the sacraments. God is God, but He chooses. He chooses to use the sacraments to open us up to His life, to to the grace that He wants to give to us. And and those, for the most part, those sacraments are what we would say are required in the Catholic Church. And by required, I mean you know it's necessary for baptism to be baptized. Um, confirmation leads us deeper into life of the Holy Spirit. It's it's in a very important part of our faith life and something that we ask all Catholics to be engaged in is going to Mass. Um, so in a, you can go through the rest of the sacraments. So these are these are essential elements of our faith that people who are truly Catholic really engage in. Sacramentals are um, what we'd say are other kinds of practices, sometimes objects which really flow out of the sacraments, lead us back into the sacraments. None of those are required. They're not something you have to do because there's so many of them and so many ways for us to live out and practice and celebrate our faith. So they're there as additional aids and helps for us along the way. Certain devotional prayers, um, you know, for example, praying the rosary, um, 
is obviously a good example of that. Wearing a medal, wearing a brown scapular, those are all considered in, in a broad sense sacramentals. Um, various ways in which we deepen and enrich and continue to live out our faith life in and around the sacraments. So that'd be my explanation for that. Well, that's she didn't stump you there. Yeah, I I, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, um, um, so uh, we'll have to maybe if she's got if has a further question, she can call in and ask us another one. Yeah. So. Well, if you're ready to call in and stump Father, the number is eight seven 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 nine five one zero two two. Now you were talking about how the sacramentals can help us, you know, with our faith. Would this be a good way sharing the sacramentals to help our brothers and sisters in Christ to also grow in their faith? I think any time anytime you can use any kind of prayer experience to help other people to enter into that relationship with Christ that Doug and Sandy talked about in our first segment, I think that's important. A good example was today I have, I have good friends and, and uh, they have a daughter who's getting married and they invited me to pray a novena with a group of people for their their daughter and her new her, her soon to be husband and it, so it's a great opportunity for for me as a as a as a, a friend and a follower of Jesus to say I want to I want to pray this prayer for them and obviously the thought is I'm doing this for them and there's a benefit and a blessing that comes from praying for them however there's also a, a grace and a benefit that comes for me because I'm entering into that relationship with Jesus, and in doing that, then it helps me also to grow in my faith. Um, um, so it's it's uh, um, it's very very important, um, you know, to to do that. So yes, it does. They do help us. So well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be like Bishop Grace and be humble and say, Hey guys, I gave you the wrong number because I'm functioning on little to no nothing. <laughs> so the number is eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two. You bet. Aaron corrected me. Thanks, Aaron. I, you know, I need people to help me out here. You bet. And we all make mistakes, so. Well, and you, I owned up to it. So. You bet. One of the one of the things that uh, I'm going to go back to Bishop Cruz just for a minute because a lot of people have asked me this question. Um, well, what happens now? People, first of all, people oh, will yeah. say, "Well, um, when are we going to get a new bishop?" Um, I had people say, are you the new bishop? I said, <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute, back up. First of all, our Bishop Bruce left, is leaving tomorrow to drive to Saginaw. He announced that at one of the gatherings we were at, that he was leaving t- um, tomorrow. But he is not officially, um, he does not officially step down as our bishop until the 26th of July when he becomes installed in Saginaw. So until the 26th of July, we have a bishop. Now, technically, he's called the diocesan administrator. That's to distinguish him from being the ordinary. In the Catholic language, we have a, we have an, an ordinary bishop who's the guy in charge, um, who has certain authority, responsibilities, duties for his diocese. Um, so our bishop is no longer our ordinary. He's an administrator. He's continuing to run the diocese. And, you know, an ordinary versus a diocesan administrator means there's certain things that he can't do. They're very minimal, and they wouldn't be be something that the ordinary person would notice. But when he leaves us on July 26th, then the group of priests called the consultors, who are, um, um, there can be, I think, six to eight or six to 12. In our diocese, there are six. Those six priests get together. They've advised Bishop Groose for the last few years. They get together and they choose from among the priests of the diocese a diocesan administrator. They choose someone 
who is then going to step into that role that Bishop Bruce has just left as the or as the administrator of the diocese, and that person will 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 oversee the operation of the diocese, basically keep things going, keep the business of the diocese or episcopacy going until we get a new bishop. People say, how long will that take? Well, I mean, it could happen tomorrow, I suppose, but in the normal course of events, it takes you know somewhere between six months to a year, and some dioceses can wait as long as two years before the Holy Father chooses someone to replace the bishop who has left. And so the administrator of the diocese basically manages the diocese in that between time. And, um, you know, the process of how someone is chosen um, is uh, something that, um, you know, th there's kind of surveys done and, and uh, research done uh, by um, the Apostolic Nuncio, the Pope's representative in America, working with a, with a committee of bishops. They surface names, they surface, you know, qualities and characteristics, they surface needs of the diocese. All of that gets funneled to the, to the Nuncio and names of potential candidates. That's then sent to Rome to a, a con what's called the Congregation for Bishops, and that group of the, whoever runs that congregation eventually presents to the bishop, to the Holy Father, three names. And my understanding is the Holy Father can choose one of those names or he can reject all three. Um, and so the, it's a process that takes time and effort. And, and so it, it, it's, it, that's why it takes six months, a year sometimes for that to happen. So, Well, that was very informative. I mean, yeah. I didn't understand how, how it impacts the entire diocese, even on you know, your level as yeah. the priest how it really probably makes it a little bit more complex, especially as Vicar General. You bet. So, well, it looks like we have a caller on the phone. Are you ready for her question? I am. Nancy from Nislin, are you there? Actually, my name is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Oh, but hi, I am Kathy. from Nislin. Okay. Hi, <laughs> hi Father. Um, actually, it's funny because I was going to ask about how, a, how an administrator is, is chosen, but my, that my actual question that I have for you is, how did we start using stained glass in our churches? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, interesting question. Um, and here, I'm going to give you my understanding. I don't know exactly when stained glass began to be used, but I'm going to broad, okay. if I can broaden your question to when did, what about artwork in churches? Because really stained glass windows are, 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 are artwork. And, and my understanding Absolutely. is... Okay, my understanding is that when... Um, you know, we we live in an illiterate society. You know, I mean, it's it, we would say it's truly sad if we meet somebody who can't read. I mean, that would be a, yeah. kind of an amazing thing. Um, we have to think back in for you know for for uh, for centuries in the Catholic Church, the vast majority of people could not read, and so the artwork became the way that they could tell or share their faith. So imagine yourself being a woman, an ordinary, everyday woman, living in um, you know the the 1200s in in Europe, and you go to the church because you've always gone to the church because it's part of your faith, it's part of your the way you practice your life, and you bring your kids along, and your kids ask questions, and as a mother who can't read, you can look at the pictures meaning the stained glass windows or the statues or the other kinds of artwork that were created, and you can begin to share the faith with your children. Well, that's a picture of um, our Blessed Mother. 
and you tell the story of who she was, what you know, what you've heard, what's been passed on. So it was, a, it was an oral tradition, but the, but the windows, the artwork, the decorations became a means for us to um, capture and to share the faith. In addition to that, any kind of art that has been developed, I mean, when you look at the history of Europe, the history of art really is, is very deeply tied up with the history of the church because people who had those skills and abilities um, needed someone to pay them to do what they did, and oftentimes what they, what the, 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 who paid them were the wealthy people who had money, who wanted to honor a saint, wanted to honor uh, somebody in their family, and so they asked artists to compose or create um, images, windows, um, statuary, uh, paintings that really ref- that what that um, reflected our faith, and it also ref- it also gave the artist an opportunity to give honor and glory to God. If you walk into some of the churches of Europe today, and even in the United States, and you think without electricity, so much of this artwork would not be visible because the churches didn't have lots of windows and there wasn't a lot of natural light. So you have to understand that these artists were really first and foremost giving honor and glory to God by sharing their gifts and talents and creating something beautiful. So the combination of artists working together and the combination of um, of needing to share and pass on the faith for illiterate people, I think is where the whole development of artwork came in, in the Catholic Church. Does that make sense? I it makes perfect sense. It's a great answer. Thank you so much. You bet, Kathy. It's good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. Bye. Thank you. You bet. Well, if you're downtown here in Rapid City, stop into the Mustard Seed and ask Father a question in person. That's a good idea. That would be a great idea. Yeah. We have a couple headsets here. You can sit down sit be down on the radio. <laughs> um, you could, again, rem- remember to call 877-795-0122. 877 If you have a question, we've had two wonderful calls. We'd, we'd love to have some more. We're going to do this for uh, until the top of the hour. So if you have questions, let us know. We'd be happy to, uh, to uh, um, take those questions and explore um, the answers. And, and sometimes people can call in and give us information and share things with us that maybe we don't know. That would be also very helpful. That would be wonderful. Yeah, great gift and great opportunity. So, um, this I, I had I had been thinking about this since this morning. I get up, I get up in the morning and pray. So I got up this morning and um, I, I would, had to celebrate mass um, because I, I don't didn't have some place to go to do mass. So I was doing it in my chapel, in the house where I live, and um, the, the scriptures today have um, uh, another one of these. Um, uh, very short but powerful um, teachings of Jesus. This one today was in the scriptures. It says, go and learn the meaning of the phrase, it is a mercy that I desire and not sacrifice. Now, in, as I understand it, you know, what Jesus was, you know, because he, who he was arguing with was, you know, was commenting about the sacrifice of the temple, the ritual practices of the temple, and whether, you know, and how, the rules and regulations that were all around those and and how they should or shouldn't be done and who was doing the right thing or the wrong thing and that kind of thing. And so I've been thinking about that today and I thought, well, you know, there is no question in my mind that we need guidelines, we need rules, we need we need things to keep us moving forward because left to ourselves, we will go to what is easiest, what is quickest, what is right. safest, you know, in terms of what anything. What we're comfortable with. What we're comfortable with. And so we need guidelines that say, 
you know, and, and the guidelines are grounded in the beautiful tradition of the Catholic Church. You know, for 2,000 years, um, Catholics have prayed to God, Catholics have practiced their faith, and these practices, these rituals, these activities have proven to be beneficial and helpful. You know, and a good example of that is like I mentioned earlier, the, the rosary. You know, this prayer has worked, and it's worked, and it's worked, and it's worked. It's powerful, it's good. And so those kinds of guidelines are there that says, you know, you should really engage in this prayer. You know, now that's not a, a have to, but, you know, it's it's one of those examples where we say these things really help us. When we get to the sacraments, there's a little bit more, there's a little more structure to those. But as I'm thinking about all that, and I'm thinking about how we at times in the Catholic Church start arguing and um, fighting about and talking about these various um, dimensions or aspects of our faith, I heard Jesus saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And what I kept thinking is, we need to put this into perspective. And, and as I was thinking about celebrating the Mass this morning, I thought to myself, the most important thing is... When you go to Mass, are you praying? Are you truly encountering Jesus and praying to Him? Now there's a structure there that helps you to do that. And we can get off base too quickly and turn it into some sort of a opportunity for you and I to have fun together instead of really reaching out to the Lord. But the flip side of that is sometimes we get very um, caught up in the perfection of the following of the rules to the point to where I forget that right. what this is all about is I'm praying to Jesus. And so, you know, when it's all said and done, when I get done at the end of Mass, what I want to ask myself is, did I encounter Jesus and did I pray with Him and pray through Him to God the Father? That, that's important. That's really important. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, well, but it's, it's I mean, because I, and I'm, I'm a liturgy director, and so it's very easy for me to get caught into the weeds, you know? Right. And, exactly. and, to, and to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's, what's real important here? So that was just a thought I had. So um, if that was helpful, if you have any questions that spin off of that, uh, you can call 877-795-0122, and uh, we'll take your questions. You can also go on Facebook, or you can do um, the uh, Real Presence app. So these are all opportunities and possibilities for you. So, um, give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking, what's in your heart, what's in your mind um, on this beautiful sunny day in Rapid City, South Dakota, or wherever you happen to be today. So, Yeah, I think that um, having that personal encounter with Jesus at Mass is probably one of the most powerful you know, parts of my, my time at Mass. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to take my kids to daily Mass more. We've slipped off in the summer. It's, it's so hard when you don't have that schedule of school. The routine, yeah. Yeah. To, to remember even, we'll look at the clock, oh no, we should have left five minutes ago. Yeah. Nobody's ready. So then you let it slip and you go. But And, and I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily because we're just so busy or if it's because we're out of the routine, but summer is a hard time to keep, to keep going with growing your faith. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of us too easily make excuses and exactly. say, well, I'm busy. Or mm-hmm. it's it's summer because C- we have the mentality that you know school starts in September 
ends in May kind of thing, you know, that, that cycle. Right. And so we take the summer off and, and it's like, well, no, we don't take the summer off in terms of relationship with God. Just like you and your husband, Karen, do not take the summer off. <laughs> this is like, you know, we love each other from September to May and then through the summer months, we're just too busy. Yeah, it's right. Like, too busy to have time for each other. Yeah. we No, we have to do that. Yeah, we have make to make the effort. Yeah. And you have to make the effort. And, and, uh, and so I, I applaud you for even saying, I think even having the awareness that says, We've kind of slipped off this summer, and, and you know, we, and we need to work at that. I mean, to me, is is just those kinds of reminders. Is like, are, are real, it's, and I think it's the Lord kind of tugging at your sleeve, saying, "I would like you to come." You know, right? And well, yesterday, on our way to the picnic, of course, we had all the food. Mm-hmm. We we're toting down from Sturgis all the way to Rapid, and, and my kids, like, you know, they they did a lot of help, and it was kind of a rat race to get us all there on time. And as we're, we got in the van and we're starting to drive, and I said, okay, that's it. We're just going to say a rosary for all of the RPR listeners and for their supporters, and especially for the people who will be in attendance at the picnic tonight. And I thought, you know, normally the kids are like, oh, another rosary. You know, yes. You know, we're all in the car. We're going to say a rosary. Yep. You really don't have any choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they all responded with, oh, mom, I'm so glad. I was just going to suggest that. Or a comment, nice. you know, like, oh, yeah, Mom, I was just thinking we should do that. And I thought, okay, God, I get you. Maybe we need to up our prayers if the kids are, you know, excited. To well, uh, and, they're, the and they're seeing the value of it. And yeah. They, they probably, on a very unconscious level, realize that there's a blessing and benefit that comes from that. And maybe they're not conscious of it all the time. But Right, right. Once in a great while. Well, you have about five minutes left to call in with a question to Stump Father because they've been pretty easy today. We haven't really taxed yeah. him. Yeah, so. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm, you know, kind of like a little meat here to really. A the questions meat. we've had have been great. They have been. Um, they've been really great, but I'd kind of like a little, like a. Something like, deep? Something that I really have to, like, I can't, okay, I, I'm not sure I can answer that, you know? <laughs> That would be interesting. So. <laughs> that would be interesting. So the number to call is 877-795-0122. Again, you can reach us on Facebook or um, the Father had mentioned the app. There's really a lot of ways to get in contact Different with us this morning. Different ways to get hold us, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see if any more come in uh, in the next few minutes um, as we're uh, wrapping up this time of straight talk. So... Um, yes, I think I think it's a good reminder that the summer is a time when we we really don't stop being faithful, stop being Catholics. You know, um, I, I'm quite honestly I'm amazed at the number of people who don't go to mass during the summertime. Really? Yeah, it is. It's kind of amazing to me. And um, I think, and I mean, I'm not talking about people who I mean from in the fall would never miss. And I'm thinking. Oh, wow, it's interesting how you would, you know. It, it, again, I go back to the analogy of the parent. It'd be like it'd be like you, um, you know, loving your husband from, you know, and then through the summer just treating him awful or totally ignoring him and saying, "Oh, that's okay," because oh. really, I love him most of the time. Most of the time. You well, and, and I'll have to say, I mean, there have been summers that that's happened in our marriage, and it has done nothing to help our family. Yep. It has done nothing to help our our relationship grow. It's just it's hurt us. Yep. So. Well, we have another question, Father, so let's see if this one's okay. a good one for you. Alicia from Bismarck wants to know, um, when Jesus said to John at the cross, Behold your mother, they say that John represents all of us. How does he represent us? Can you explain this? Well, now, that's a great question, too. That's, it is a great uh, question. That's wonderful. Here's would be my understanding of that. Okay, so John is one of the 12 apostles, and... Um, 
when we think um, apostle or disciple of Jesus, you know, we certainly remember Jesus saying to his apostles, to his disciples, go out, spread the good news, you know, draw other disciples into this relationship. And so what we've always understood is that John stands there as the only apostle in John's gospel who didn't run away and hide. He's there, he's there till the end, so that speaks to his faith and his conviction. And he's probably there to support Jesus' mother. And so and so when Jesus says, you know, behold your mother, um, behold your, um, your uh, son, Jesus, you know, what we believe is Jesus was saying that this man who is my you know, intimate follower represents all of those who have or will follow me. And um, you are, because you are all my disciples. Anybody who is willing to stand beside me at the cross is a disciple to me. So, so in that sense, we, we see John as the representative, just like we see Mary as, you know, Jesus saying, behold your mother, saying she is, she's more than just my biological mother. She is the mother of all of my disciples, everybody who chooses to follow me, to be, a, you know, to, to enter into this death and resurrection that is, is my life. And, and so we, we join those two together and we say that that's why John becomes the representative of all of us, because he is, like all of us, a disciple of Jesus. And why Mary is the mother of all of us, because, because she is, Jesus gives her to all of us. So that, that, would, be, that would be how I'd, I'd try to explain that um, um, for, you said, Alicia uh, in Bismarck. So hope that helps. Yeah, that was a great question. Thanks for letting us answer that for you. Here's another one. Oh, yeah, here he is. We have another one on Facebook. Michelle says, My dad wants to know if God only created Adam and Eve, how did everyone else come about if they only had two sons? Again, a very interesting question. You know, we have to understand that the creation stories of the Bible are not history in the sense that we understand history. We understand history as fact versus fiction. So it is historical fact that Karen and I are sitting in mustard seed at um, five minutes to nine on July 19th. That's a fact. And if we said that we are, we were at the mustard seed at on, on the 20th, we'd say that's not true. Okay. The, the scriptures, the, uh, are, the scriptures are not, um, are not history in that sense, at least the, the creation stories are not. That doesn't mean the Bible doesn't contain history. It certainly does. It contains fact versus fiction kinds of history. But the creation stories were written to convey to us the truths of our faith. And the truth of our faith is that God at some point in the, 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 in the creation experience gave a soul to a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, and that they then passed on or continued on um, through the grace and the and the the gift of God, and and through the through human um, uh, procreation, they then pass on that gift of soul and that gift of life to all of us. So you can't look at the at the Bible and say, well, they're Adam and Eve, and they were two boys. Actually, Adam and Eve had three sons, according to the scriptures. Um, um, one killed the other, and so there were two that lived. But you know, the truth is that I mean, what we want to say is that's, that's, a, that's an expression of what we believe, that God created human beings, that God imbued human beings with a soul. It's not a literal explanation of how the human race came into existence, if that makes sense. And, and that, you know, Pope John Paul II talked about that some years um, um, toward the end of his papacy when he, when he talked about um, you know, our understanding of how human beings came to be. It doesn't deny our faith that says God gave life and a soul to to a man and a woman so 
Well, thank you, Michelle, for posting your dad's question on Facebook. We appreciate all our comments we receive on Facebook. Yep. And thank your dad for um, reading the Bible. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful experience. So, well, we've come to the end of this uh, segment once again. It was a good, and we had we had lots of activity. I appreciate that. We're gonna uh, hopefully we'll keep that up. Um, we thank all of those who called in and um, you know gave us their questions. Um, a reminder that this segment is on and at the, um, at nine thirty Central Time, eight thirty Mountain Time every Monday through Friday. So it's a great opportunity for you to call in and get answers to your questions. Coming up next, we will pray for your intentions during the prayerfully prayerfully yours segment of our show and then later on the show we're going to be we're going to hear about a great opportunity that brings god's gifts and bountiful food together father mike malloy along with karen gibis please stay with us for real presence live as we continue this great morning <music> 